everyone. Welcome to Take a Fashion Seat. We're going to discuss tonight book series number four. The name of the book is Living with Coco Chanel, The Homes and Landscapes That Shaped the Designer. The book was very, very interesting and I enjoyed every page. To learn of such a phenomenal woman who just reached to the top of the sky and she did a lot of wonderful things during her journey in fashion. So the book starts off with um, a little bit about how she grew up. Um, while it was known that Chanel was born poor, she obscured the parts of her story of which she was ashamed. Instead, detailing a softened fantasy version of her childhood to biographers, only recounting some of the hardships she suffered. Her father, Albert Chanel, ancestry is traced to the Kevness region, a rural area marked by its limestone peaks and ravines where the shepherds tended their flocks where chestnuts and mulberries were the main harvest. And of course there was more. Um, she talked a little bit about her dad, um, where she said he was a charmer, regularly flirting with the village girls. After stopping for the winter in Copper in 1881, he seduced Jean DeVille, a 16-year-old seamstress and the sister of his landlord. When Jean discovered she was pregnant, Albert quickly disappeared. But Jean's family traced him to a tavern in Ominous and told him to take responsibility for Jean, who gave birth to a daughter in 1882. So that was one of the things that the father did. You know, he there was a whole lot more. Um, and later on, it goes on to say, I was born on a journey, she told a journalist. My father was not there. That poor woman, my mother, had to go looking for him. It's a sad story and very boring. I've heard it so many times. She was born in a hospice for the poor run by nuns and baptized quickly because of she was unwell. She said the nun who took care of her named her Gabrielle as a baby. Albert finally agreed to marry Jean in November 1884 after her family paid a dowry. He and Jean moved to the market town Asaray in 1885. Jean gave birth to a son and a daughter. Traveling from town to town, Chanel children, the Chanel children were raised around bustling public markets, staying in cheap lodgings as they went along. So her, her early memories was like a lot of jumping around, moving here, moving there. But um, one thing that stood out that I liked about the story was one of Gabrielle's early memories was playing in a cemetery, creating fairy tale worlds amongst the weeds and bringing presents for the dead. Chanel also recalled a room covered in red wallpaper. 
Her mother had taken Gabrielle and her sisters to the home of an elderly uncle um, and left them in the room. And so the, they got bored um, and they placed a stack of tails on the table and stripped away the paper. At last, my mother came in. They stood stock still. It was a disaster. She didn't, the mom didn't say a word to her, her or her sister. Um, she just felt really bad. No reprimand could have had such an effect on me. I ran away, howling with sorrow. We never saw her uncle again. So that was like a sad thing that happened when she was younger and her mother was so sweet and nice and she was shocked by what they did to the wallpaper. So that was one part of her sadness. Here's another part. Chanel was 12 years old when she was abandoned. But in her reverence history, she became six and was left with two strict aunts dressed in black. She said they were good people, but they didn't provide tenderness. So that was another thing she was sad about. Chanel recalled arriving at the aunt's house in Montdor at dusk with her father, who was in deep mourning of her mother. And her mother had died during that period, so she had to go stay with some aunts. And her dad took her there. So she says, my aunts have had supper. We haven't. They are surprised that people who have been traveling all day should not have eaten. This disturbs their routine. So things like that was really sad in her life. She talked about not being fed. So she had to go stay at a place called the Orphanage at Ogbazine. Um, and she stayed there from 12 to 18. So that's a part of her life that was sad reading. So I kind of like just went through it. And because I like great stories, but I know with every life and every journey, there's always sadness. No one has come this way without going through something. So when we read beautiful stories about people and and icons, we also have to take the bitter with the sweet. Everything wasn't sweet at first with Chanel. So we need to dig deep into the beautiful things as well as things that were didn't go well. So growing up, she didn't enjoy a lot of treatment by the nuns and the orphanage. So she said stuff like, in Chanel's retelling of her childhood story, it was always winter. She romanticized the warm heart, the bare branches of chestnut trees and the snow-covered hills. So she, she looked forward to winters. She liked to talk about the snow. And as a teenager, Gabrielle discovered the romantic stories of the French writer Pierre Decauvelsel which served to fire up her imagination where there was nothing but silk pillows and white lacquered furniture. After visiting her grandparents, she took these stories, essentially newspaper clippings, back to the orphanage where she supposedly hid them. The catalogs I read gave me wild dreams of spending. I imagined myself wearing a white woolen dress. I wanted a bedroom painted in white glass with white curtains. What a contrast this white made with the dark house in which my aunts confined me. So, you know, she had dreams of what she wanted her life to be as she stayed in the orphanage. And I think that was a plus to her life. 
if you're suffering through anything, you can get through it if you kind of like imagine things. And that's what I do a lot all, through all of my suffering sufferings that I've ever had. And I'll discuss them later on in my life. I mean, there's no point right now. But you have to just enjoy uh, the situation at hand by like imagining your life doing something else. So that's what she did to get through it. So in 1904, Gabrielle and Adrian had moved into a room in Poplar, but down at the Hill Street in Milan. So this was in 1904. Um, she had grew up and she was doing things with Adrian. I think she was a, Adrian was a family member because Gabrielle was now 20. Beautifully and lively. She had black eyes. So she liked to be with Adrian. The two young women were noticed by a group of cavalry officers who came in for alterations. And they asked the girls if they would like to join them to watch a show jumping competition. The officers often invited the girls out for sherbets at popular tea rooms. So she was having some fun in her 20s. So I enjoyed reading about her hanging out with Adrian. So her and Adrian did a lot of great things. Now, when Etnian Boston completed his military service at the end of 1904, he was free to vote himself to horse racing. So she had met um, Etienne, that was a good friend, and they would hang out with him, and he had a nice chateau. So at the arrival, Coco soon discovered that Etienne Promian, he had a mistress. Arion Courtian Paris had an infamous system of prostitution and the Belle Asper era, and they inhabited the world of Diamande. So, born in Paris, Etienne began a career as a rabbit trainer in the circus. So, she she did a lot of stuff, you know. At and then um, it gets into Emilion, who was in the early 30s by the time Chanel met her. And while some may have thought she was over the hill, she still had the power to seduce. Etienne liked old women, Chanel said bitterly. She added that Etienne adored scandals and things like that. So that's where Chanel learned a lot about what a lot of grown folks did during that time in Paris. So, But she was friends. She watched and her. She hung out and she learned a lot of things about a lot of things about society women. So as I moved on in the book, Coco had on one of her free trips to Paris visited galleries, Lafayette, where she bought basic straw bofers and decorated them simply with ribbons and hat pins. She wore straw boater hats. That was one of her favorite things during this time. Now one morning on the terrace, she mentioned to Etienne how popular her hats were with the ladies. At first he was dismissive, but when she pressed him again, he eventually agreed to help her. He offered her a Parisian bachelor apartment at a base of selling her hats. So this is where Chanel began. She started out with hats, everyone. I was totally 
fascinated by this. Now, here's a quote. She later said, this is when things got romantic. This was very interesting, guys. So the young man was handsome, very tanned and attractive, more than handsome. He was magnificent. He rode bold and very powerful horses. I fell in love with him. So Coco met this guy named Arthur Boy Capel 40 years earlier in 1908 while in Pa with Etienne. We made each other's acquaintance when we were out horse tracking. So she met this guy, you know. Now Arthur Capel was born in Brighton, England in September 1881 to a wealthy Catholic family rich from coal mining with French mother and an English father. They called him boy. So he, his was a life of privilege and close friends included Duke Armand de Garmont, Comte de Gouet, and the English aristocratic polo set. Chanel later said of Boy that he was one of the lions of London society. So, you know, he was in her life. He taught her a lot of things, and she was lucky in love during that time. So I read about her and Boy and all of the exotic things they were doing, the trips they made, and her sharing her life of designs with him. So now I'm gonna talk about one of her pieces. Her first piece of publicity came in 1910 when actress Lucianne Rogers wearing a Chanel designed Bird of Paradise hat appeared on the front cover of the magazine Comedia Illustrate. Chanel's hats were so well received that in October 1910 issue of the magazine she modeled one of the white plummeted hats. So at that point, Chanel was becoming very popular and her hat designs was making a big splash. Now, she loved interiors during that period. Her interior choice for the apartment represented an early version of favorite colors and styles. She dyed the rugs beige as the color reminded her of soil. And the theme was carried through with natural, unpainted woods and beige furnishing. She chose so much beige that the day came when the interior designer begged for mercy. They wanted her to add some colors. The French playwright Henry Bernstein often came for dinner with his wife Antoinette, and they both remarked on how beautiful the apartment Chanel had. So when she was able to go for evenings out with the boy, she was envied because she had tamed the lion of the city night. So during that period, she was decorating, she was dating boy, boy couple, and they just enjoyed summers together. And I'm gonna tell you about this, one of the summer trips they took. Boy couple took Chanel to Deville in the summer of 1913, where they booked a prime suite at Hotel Normandy. So they had fun that summer. They did a lot of things. And in 1913, the New York Times announced one of the most fashionable spots in Europe during August in Deauville, down on the coast. Here are all the troops, like countrymen, to a circus. And we've been found by Sinbad the sailor. So it was a place where everybody hung out. Um, influences were uh, 
obtained and Chanel modeled um, some of her hats and she enjoyed hanging out with Boyd. So the book just came, you know, talked about their summer during their period, beautiful moments that they shared. Um, there's a picture with them laying her and boy at St. Jean D. Luz Beach in 1917. So um, I kept on going and I kept reading about their trips during that period. And they traveled a lot. So then I went on to, I'm going to read a quote to you. Because this was Paris, 1919 to 1929. I was working towards a new society. I had customers who were busy women. A busy woman needs to feel comfortable in her clothes. You need to be able to roll up your sleeves. So during that time in Paris, if there was one time and place to define Coco Chanel, it was Paris in the 1920s. And you guys know that was the Roaring Twenties. So... Coco was the fashion vanguard of the era, capturing the mood of the time and sh shaping the way women dress. So I read about a lot of the things she did. It was Chanel's style that defined the look, the flapper. Remember the flapper? These women were modern women who, their hems, who, who drank champagne and cocktails, smoked cigarettes, and wore rouge. So that was a great time in her life. And it was a war raging when Gabrielle met the women who be both a thorn and a rose in our life. So she enjoyed hanging out with the women, but there was a lot going on during that period. So um, Coco traveled, she did fashion, and she enjoyed Paris. Now, Gabrielle believed that the interior of a home is the natural rejection of your soul. And her soul was in pain, despite disapproval of her neighbors, the chase to paint traditional shutters, Chanel color combination, which was a replica, she developed the home into a modern sanctuary where she could hide with grief. So she, in 1920, she was wearing a sports cap of her 1920 collection inspired by American YMCA. Wow. She was also photographed with her daughter in the garden at Garchi's. This was um, one of her friends um, that she was hanging out with. So in May 1920, Chanel attended the Parisian premiere of the first post-war Savarlissi Ballet. So she loved to go to the ballet during that period. And, you know, she made many friends. She made friends with Duke Dmitry Pavlovsky of Russia in the 1920s. So that was one of her friends. So. That period when she was designing, meeting new friends, hanging up out in society. So I want to talk a little bit right now about her apartment. It was this beautiful apartment on Fogberg St. Honoré, furnished at the epitome of Parisian elegance, that Chanel would establish herself as one of the most glamorous women in the world. Mixing modern and renaissance and Louis Vuitton pieces, the interiors were contemporary. She had, they brought light. She had plush carpet everywhere. She used her favorite screens to create divides. Chanel's bedroom was large mirrored and she had cream silk curtains everywhere. So can, you can imagine the beauty and the places she stayed. So I kept on reading about 
her apartment and the places she traveled to, the books she collected, the book just kept going on. Now before I end it, it's some things that happened that was just phenomenal. Let's talk about the scent of success. Women wear the perfumes they're given at presents. You ought to wear your own. So during that time, she created the classic symbol of refined taste in the 20s, Chanel number no. 5. It was a scent of all scent. A scent where she sipped cocktails and celebrated. A scent today we also love. My mom and I, we wear Chanel number no. 5 and we love it. And that lives on with us today. Now in the 1924 to 31, she was uh, creating the British look. So she, Coco Chanel was with Hugh Graffier, the second Duke of Westminster. So she started hanging out with him during that period in the 1920s. So, and she hung out in Scotland and you know, she traveled a lot. She was all over the place. She you know, was with Westminster, and she also, let me see what she did during her later years. Now, um, I'm coming to an end, and sadly, she lost a boy. He died, you know, and she, as she aged, um, the Duke um, was younger, so he wanted to have kids, and so he married someone else, and Chanel, um, continued on with her designs, but this is how her life ended, and it was sad. When Chanel talked of her childhood, it was always in winter, the snow, the roaring tweet, roaring fires, and the snow on the trees, rather than spring or summer. Now, her funeral service was held at El Glis de la Madeleine, attended by hundreds of Parisians and seated in the front were six of her models dressed in Chanel tweed suits. As a floral tribute, white commoners formed a pair of scissors with the words the Mademoiselle from her mannequins. Another wreath of white camellias and white orchids came from producer Frederick Razon, while a bunch of blood red roses slashed through the white flowers on her coffin. Chanel had requested that her body be taken back to Switzerland. So I'm going to end on that note. And I enjoyed reading about her book, Living with Coco Chanel. She lived a beautiful life. She met wonderful people all over the world. Her designs today are amazing. I love her dresses. I love her jewelry. I love her perfume. I love Coco Chanel. I hope you enjoyed my podcast tonight. Take care and have a great evening, night, or enjoy your day. Bye.